Welcome to season one, episode three, where I am going to share with you my penny drop moment around Psalm 131. This clip is titled Like a Baby, and although I have heard this psalm read for most of my life, I did not really understand what was happening here until probably the last year and a half. And I am so excited to share that today with you. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. So we are going to start today by reading from Psalm 131, super short, just three verses. But one of the things I have found in scripture, and particularly I think you see this in the proverb, in, in the book of Proverbs, is that some of the, the shortest verses or the shortest scriptures say the least amount of words, but actually have the most amount of depth, or they actually say the most. I remember I was, um, yeah, I, you probably can remember maybe even listening to someone who didn't say a lot in a short message, maybe, in terms of word count, but in terms of quality of words or depth of revelation, there was a lot there. I think Psalm 131 is like that, and I'm still unpeeling the layers, so you're going to hear about another layer that has recently kind of come to my attention and and even convicted me, and I hope that as we look at this, you'll be able to see the same sort of invitation from this psalm and from David, this realization that David had about what it means to to kind of come into a new and maturing understanding of what it means to be with the Lord. So Psalm 131 says, My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. I think initially when you read this, perhaps, you know, you have to ask yourself, my heart isn't proud. My eyes are not haughty. Like David's pretty confident when he says it. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. I think oftentimes the truth is I do concern myself with things that are too wonderful for me or great, great matters to use David's phrase there. Um, I like the confidence in which he says, I'm not proud and my eyes are not haughty, but how does he come to that kind of confidence And how do you know if something is too great for you to contemplate or too wonderful and not use it as a cop-out? Because I think sometimes, particularly when we can try to defend or want to defend our beliefs, we might be like, oh, that's that's like the mystery piece of, of faith. And I don't think that's what David is doing here. I think there is a reminder or an invitation here that the haughtiness and the proudness comes when we concern ourselves with great matters or things that are too wonderful. But the question is, how do we know if those things are too great or too wonderful? Because David is saying this, and David, you know, is a man after God's own heart, as he has been framed in scripture. Um, 
how do we know this? And I think it's interesting sometimes how the key to unlocking what comes before um, or what has been said in verse one comes later in a text. And this is the case in verse two, where David unlocks what it means to concern ourselves with great matters or things that are too wonderful. And then can confidently say that he is not proud and haughty because of the key he gives us in verse two. And so he talks about how he has calmed and quieted himself and that he is like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child I am content. And where there is repetition in uh, in any writing, but particularly in Hebrew, uh, where there is repetition, it's really important that you pay attention. So he says it twice, like, I am like a weaned child, like a weaned child, I am content. Now, what, is, what does that even mean? What's so interesting to me here is that the imagery that he first uses here is quite, I'm going to just say the word shocking, maybe to some of us who are used to God's relationship with his children being described as a father-child relationship. But he is intentionally using this analogy or this metaphor of his relationship with God and refers to God and refers to, sorry, his relationship with God like a weaned child with its mother. Now, there is particular nuances to father-child relationship and mother-child relationship. And I am just going to say generally, there is a nurturing around a mother-child relationship. And, per- and particularly because he's referring to a time of life around weaning. So in the early stages of life, because only a mother can bear a child inside of her. She has the physicality to do that. But then also, once the child is outside of the mother, then it is the mother who is provide nourishing through uh, breast milk. So everything that is the life source comes from the mother in the initial stages of life. I remember talking with a young dad who, um, due to some various circumstances, they had to supplement um, breast milk with formula. And I don't remember exactly his phrasing, but I remember he was describing how precious it was to him in the way he could bond with his child by providing, like he was bottle feeding his his young um, baby. I don't remember whether it was a girl or boy, but he was like, I kind of get now why there is like moms like the 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 time with the child, the child is feeding. He's like, there is just a a calmness that comes with a newborn baby and the contentedness that comes when the baby is being fed. And he had, he actually was like, I know it's like, you know, people are not necessarily, I was like, yay, pro formula. Well, like, this is what we had to do. But now I get to bond with my child in this, in this way that I never would have been able to before. And so there is a sort of bondedness that comes when the life source of everything comes from the mother and David gets at this analogy right he's talking about this this connection that happens where the life source is coming from the mother except that he's talking about a weaned child now a weaned child this is not language we normally use um you know we probably talk more about being bottle fed or moving to solids maybe is the more contemporary phrasing there um but this is a child who is no longer being breastfed david is using here so he uses this analogy that gets at the nurturing relationship the close bond between a mother and a child 
But then he switches it and kind of has this unexpected, like, I am like a wean child with its mother. So what's that about? And that was where I was like, I was so wrestling with this like analogy because I was like, why would like there like, you know, why would he use this analogy of a close bond, the life source? And when you think about the parallels with God, the life source coming from from God himself. And that is true of that analogy as well. Right. Our, our all our life is found in him. It's rooted in him. And then he says he's a weaned child. And this is where I think it's very, uh, the, the, the shift happens in the maturing of the faith, um, walking with Jesus, is that a weaned child wants to be with its mother because not, not because of what the mother can give them, but just because they are with its mother, they enjoy its presence. So I'll say that again, a weaned child wants to be with its mother not because of the what, what the mother can provide or give them anymore, but just because of the presence of the mother. And I think so often in the Christian faith, in the, in the journey, we come to God and we lose sight that we want the gifts he can give us. We want the promises he's given. Um, we, maybe we want the life or the community that he offers us. And we forget that it is always about his presence being enough for us. I know for myself, I would say that there are, have been a lot of seasons, and it's not to say there will be you know, more teaching on this later, that God doesn't like it when we ask and present ourselves and our concerns to him. Those are precious to the Lord. He cares about those. But I remember hitting a, a time where I was like, it just feels like every time I come to the Lord that I always have something like I need to discern or I have like, you know, friends that I'm taking to him in prayer and like the things that really are concerning to me. And I just want to be with him. Like I got actually to this point where I was like, can we just be together and not and I'm, I'm going to say this loosely, but like make demands of each other, like having to discern, Lord, what do you want here? Can you heal this person? Can you restore this relationship? What is the direction of my life you are inviting me into? And to get to this point, I think, in the Christian walk where you just want to be in the presence of God, and that is enough for you. And, and Paul uses that analogy, I think, to talk about like moving from milk to solid food. Like I think there is a maturing that is implied here around David's relationship where it's like it is enough for him just to be with God. And that's it. That is all that he needs. And therein he finds himself content. And that is, I think, the key to unlocking the what does he mean by great matters or things too wonderful for me? And what does it mean that, you know, we're not proud and we're not haughty is that when we can come to the Lord and just have his presence be enough, really anything outside of that may lean into great matters or things too wonderful. And that sounds Maybe even a bit extreme to say it, but I do think of Jesus' invitation in the Sermon on the Mount, right? To say, do not worry about tomorrow. You know, if you look at the sparrows, have I not provided for them? And will not I provide for you, my children, even more so? Through all the promises, you know, for life abundant and, you know, in 1 Peter, all that is necessary for life and godliness. And so I do think it is this 
this invitation um, and in this text, in this psalm, to ask ourselves, like, are we content? Like, have we gotten to a point in our journey with the Lord where we can actually find contentment in God's presence and his nearness and discover that that is actually enough for us? Because when we are there, we have all that we need. When we are in God's presence, we have all that we need. And so we don't need to concern ourselves with the great matters or the things too wonderful in the sense that like everything else is taken care of, right? Seek first God's kingdom. All these things will be added to you. And if you're listening to this and you're new to exploring faith and looking at this and saying, well, you know, like, can I not come to God with my concerns? I would say, no, like the Lord actually cares. And like a father um, loves to hear his children ask. He wants to know what's on your heart. He wants to know like what concerns you. He wants to hear about the things that that you're thinking about. And it and it's not to, I would even say he gave us intellect. So when we talk about great matters and, and things too wonderful, like I think the Lord loves when we just contemplate um, and use our intellect in this way. But there is a maturing that happens or a, a growth invitation here to say, can you find it in your in your life with Christ or work towards that God's presence will be enough? And so whether you are, you know, seeking faith, you know, and you want the life that God can give you, but moving into that that prayer of your heart, that God will your presence, can your presence be enough? And that when I am there, like David, I am content. And so that prayer at the end, I would say, or that prayer slash exhortation that um that david has at the end there is israel put your hope in the lord both now and forevermore because when you hope in the lord today then you will find the presence of god for today will be enough and so that when tomorrow comes the forevermore comes the future comes the presence will be enough i want to end with a practice that i have to employ regularly when I read a scripture and I see how short I fall. And that is praying the scripture back to God. Because as much as I would like to tell you that I'm always content in the presence of God and that his presence is enough and I don't want anything from him, the truth is, is oftentimes I have that list. And so what I would love you and encourage you to do is to take this scripture in your own time and ask the Lord first, like, what do I need to be weaned off of? If I'm going to only be content with the presence of God and in his presence, what is it that I need to be weaned off of in terms of my own life and desires and dreams and passions? And then I would just pray the scripture back. And I'm going to do that with us reading from the message paraphrasing it. God, help us not to rule the roost. Help us not to want to be king of whatever mountain we're on. Help us not to meddle where we have no business or fantasize about big plans. Help me to keep my feet on the ground. Help me to cultivate a quiet heart so that I may be like a baby content in its mother's arms. And my soul is also like a baby that is content. Help me to wait for you, O God. Help me to wait with hope and to have that hope now 
and always. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.